Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. During last week's episode, we had a discussion about Naomi Osaka's decision to no longer do press at Roland Garros because of the treatment that she receives from the press and the effects that it has on her mental health. And since then, Osaka was fined $15,000 from the French Open and given a warning that continuing to not speak with the press would result in expulsion from the tournament. The next day, uh, she withdrew from the French Open and she did release a statement on social media and I'm going to read it now. She wrote, Hey everyone, this isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction, and I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018, and I have had a really hard time coping with it. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted, and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Though the tennis press has always been kind to me, and I want to apologize especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I'm not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious, so I thought it was better to exercise self-care and skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts, and I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament apologizing and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for the players, press, and fans. Anyways, hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Love you guys. I'll see you when I see you. Um, I think her statement, she's very well-spoken. Yeah. Um, and even last week when we talked about it, we even said, because um, obviously we studied sports journalism, like that's what we're doing. Um, and we even talked about how, like, she came out and said, like, it affects her mental health. There's a difference between not wanting to, you know, do press because of that and then not wanting to do it just because you don't want to do it, like we've seen some athletes do in the past. Um, so I am on her side, and so many people have been speaking up uh, in support of her, and she really is, like, very reserved. She's mm-hmm. done, you know, she's, like, a huge name, so... I remember she did a video with, like, Vogue and a bunch of, you know, like, big names on YouTube. And I watched a couple of them. And she's very soft-spoken. She's very shy. Like, she's, like, a woman of few words. Um, And you can just tell that she does have social anxiety and things like that. So I understand where she's coming from. And, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on her side with this one. Like I said, there's a difference between you know, not wanting to do it because your mental health and anxiety compared to just not wanting to do it because you don't think you have to. Mm -hmm. I really feel for her, like reading Mm -hmm. this statement. um, There was one part in particular where she said, I never wanted to be a distraction. And I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been more clear. That statement and like scattered throughout the entire thing 
uh, it makes me feel bad because even in the midst of all of this, she was, she made this decision to not bring attention to herself. And now she feels like she's taking away from, um, the publicity of the other athletes of the tournament. And she shouldn't feel that way. Like she made this choice for herself, for the betterment of her mental health and, you know, to work through what she's dealing with behind closed doors. So for her to feel like guilty of that is sad because she shouldn't have to feel that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. And I think, um, did you see like the Calm app matched her fund? Yes. And donated. And a lot of companies are actually like, okay, so I read an article and it said, is her speaking out going to like hurt her sponsorships? Like, is she going to lose any sponsorships? But it's actually the opposite. Like, I think especially we're at a point in time where like, we're, we've been speaking about mental health as like a society a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I think her coming out and speaking about it is actually, I've, I feel for her, but I think she's going to be helping a lot of people long term coming out and speaking out about it. But I agree with you. She shouldn't feel bad because the attention, like, because she doesn't want the attention turned to her. Like, it's not her fault. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she shouldn't have to do the press if she has anxiety and she doesn't look forward to it. So she removed herself and she did it in the best way anyone could possibly do it. But now it's like, it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right. Um, but at least now she's taking time off. So she's going to focus on herself and, you know, all of that. But yeah, I feel bad for her. Um, It's just like a tough situation to be in. It really is. Um, I do want to go back to the Calm app thing, just so in case you guys aren't aware with what um we were just referring to. Um, the Calm app released a statement about two days ago. They said, mental health is health. To support Naomi Osaka's decision to prioritize her mental health, Calm is donating $15,000 to Laureus Sport in France, an organization doing incredible work in the mental health space to transform the lives of children and young people through the power of sport. But this is bigger than any individual player. Calm will also pay the fine for players opting out of 2021 Grand Slam media appearances for mental health reasons, and we will match the fine with a $15,000 donation to Laurie's Sport. And that's kind of what, um, what's exactly what Naomi was hinting at with her first statement that she released when she said she wasn't going to do press at Roland Garros, which was that she was hoping that the money that she would have to pay for her fines would be donated to mental health organizations, and Calm took that. And is actually doing that. So I do want to applaud that company for not only backing Naomi, but um, doing the actual groundwork and putting that money towards helping others who struggle with the same mental health issues that Naomi does, especially in the public eye. It's one thing to deal with anxiety. Anxiety in itself is hard. I don't want to negate anyone's struggle just because you're in the public eye or if you're not, but I can't imagine what that's like um dealing with that on an international platform um yeah like especially Naomi Osaka is like the face of sports right now like she has so much pressure on her as it is she's like the highest paid female athlete right now yeah of all sports yep um I was just reading an article about it and 
like she has sponsorships from like she does Louis Vuitton she's co-hosting the Mac like you know what I mean like she is just like not only in her sport but just in general like globally she has so many eyes on her um and the tournament like when she released her statement that's why I have an issue with like the tournament and how they were gonna like you know they're talking about what they were gonna do if she doesn't do press because in her first statement she clearly stated like she wasn't doing it for any other reason other than the fact that like for her mental health Uh and literally mental health awareness month just ended and then you're gonna punish a player for not wanting to do it because of that like that's where like i just like that shouldn't be allowed it kind of makes you think like where are the resources Mm -hmm. for athletes um that need help when they're going through things like what Naomi is going through because it's not like they don't have the money to put towards having maybe um therapist on site or just some type of counseling because she's not the only one you know there are a lot of athletes who are dealing with this in silence by choice because of repercussions like Naomi has had to face so for her to say like I think it's best if I don't do pr- in, in the most like classiest way possible too. Yeah. Like, I think it's best that I don't do press right now because of my mental health. And I understand that the fines are, have been in place for the longest time. Like those are just the rules, but we're just in an age right now where maybe we should start. Um, what is the word? Um, there's another word, but I'll, I'll just say rewriting the rules. Yeah, like, instead of looking at it as a bad thing, like, okay, how can we help? Yeah, like, there should have been a different response, or at least the first initial mm-hmm. response should have been different. Like, we've even seen, like, Kevin Love in the past couple years speak about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially with athletes, like, there's not a lot of resources for them, and the resources are, like, outside of their sport. But when you're a professional athlete, your whole life is surrounded by the sport. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, Naomi Osaka can probably get, like, resources to help her outside of her sport, but when is she not surrounded by tennis? Do you know what I mean? Like, she's always training, she's always practicing, she's always at tournaments. So if her sport is not giving her resources or supporting her, like, it gets difficult. Yeah. Because you're constantly reminded that I'm here putting on a performance, putting on a show for you, but my well-being is not a priority for you. And what exactly. good am I to my sport if I'm not okay mentally? I'm exactly. not going to show up 100%. And the thing with mental health that I never understood was, like, it's literally, like, real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people look at it and they're like, oh, like, this isn't real, this isn't that. Like, it affects your brain. Like, just because, like, you can't physically see it. Right. Like, it's diagnosable. Like, it literally has effects on your brain. That's why I don't get why it's such, a, like, a taboo subjects a trivial topic yeah yes especially in sports like there's literally mental health and physical health and sports should be treated the same because like if a player gets injured if a player like hurts their knee or something it's like okay rehabilitation this this and that but when your mental health isn't good you should be treated like you got an injury do you know what i mean like i just don't understand um why there's like such a divide but i think her speaking up is gonna help kevin love speaking up has helped all these players coming forward um 
in the past couple of years is ultimately going to help in the long run, but I just feel bad for them. I do too, and I agree. Like you said, it's almost as if it's not, if it's not like physically in front of your eyes, it's suddenly hard to believe, but mental health has effects on your physical health as well. And depending on how serious the condition is or how like deep you are in your mental health struggles, those physical effects can be very, very detrimental. I don't think people um, talk about that enough. Um, So imagine as an athlete, how difficult that is to, to put on a really good performance when your mental health is affecting your physical. And, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, mental health and physical health go hand in hand. I know, um, like, when a player gets injured, that's going to take a toll on their mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, or even when your mental health is affected, it's going to take a toll on your physical health. Like, they're literally interchangeable. So, like, I think, I think, like, we, we see the effects of, like, the physical health being, um, affected first and how it affects the mental but the other side of that how the mental health being affected first and how it affects the physical isn't discussed as much do you see what I'm trying to say yeah yeah 1000 percent. like because obviously like athletes you see them get injured like literally like physically injured and then obviously like I feel like they speak up about like recovery and how it took a toll on them yeah but yeah I see what you're saying like when someone's suffering from mental health because you can't like really see it if you're not sharing it you know like especially and people know how to mask it yeah exactly especially when it comes to athletes like they go out there they do their thing on the field but like literally no one knows what's going on in the locker room when they're at home um and literally they literally go hand in hand mm-hmm. mental health and physical health um and that's why i don't get why it's such a like a, it's not even like it is debatable like it is literally being debated right now but i don't get how it's such like a debatable topic you know what I mean because a lot of people if they don't um if they've never experienced it personally Mm -hmm. they don't care to understand and that ties into just a lack of empathy yeah honestly that's like the number one thing like people are just so selfish Mm -hmm. like especially like Americans I've noticed that, like, I'll see on, like, TikTok, it'll be like, oh, like, why do Americans think, like, they don't have accents, but everyone else does, kind of thing. (laughs) Like, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, obviously not all Americans, like, you know, like, obviously, like, you and I are smart enough, and things (laughs) like that, but, like, in America, like, that's how you're taught. Like, you're even wired in school, like, America's the best, this and that, like, if you actually did your research, that's why I think, like, people are just i feel like americans are just selfish like the whole sports thing like especially with the sports thing like these players are giving you entertainment especially with, like football players and basketball players like when one of them speaks out about something like okay we're gonna boycott it but then you like them when they're winning games mm-hmm. like as much as sports is amazing it's also like it can be like very like toxic very because people have a tendency to dehumanize mm-hmm. a player because exactly. they're an athlete um exactly that's what they do and that's the problem and if you even just like it's like also everything sports players go through like everything a normal person goes through sports players go through it, but it's amplified just because of their platform 
especially big names. Mm-hmm. Like, I know me, like, obviously, like, so, like, this past year, like, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, and I, like, gained, like, 30 pounds, right? But that's, like, what happens. You know what I mean? Like, literally, like, half of my hair fell out, like, and it affected me mentally just because how is it not gonna do you know what i mean yeah and i'm like i'm just a regular person going through it and now imagine if i had all eyes on me right like the comments people would be making and physically like i didn't that's how i knew something was wrong with me like my hair was falling out, i was gaining weight for no reason uh like nothing i could do i was tired this and that so i'm like i'm just a regular person like i don't have any obligations and now imagine going through something physically and being an athlete or just not even an athlete someone in the public eye and then having everyone tell you your opinion or having people ask you questions. Like, I know it would literally have an effect on me, too. That's why I'm like, people have to think about it like that. Like, imagine you going through something and then you have millions and millions of people judging you. Yeah. Like, it's the craziest thing ever. But people don't think of it like that. They're like, oh, this is your job. Like, no. Well, we can, you know, change some of the qualifications of the job. It's what we were talking about last week. Like, we understand how important press is, mm-hmm. but maybe we need to work on the relationship between the press and the athletes so that both parties um, have, you know, their needs met, but there's a level of respect there. There's ways around it, mm-hmm. but it's just like we need these organizations to actually push for it and make those changes. Yeah. And I think with what Naomi is doing right now, that's gonna be like the stepping stone yeah for those because without press and social media the athletes wouldn't have a platform to get their voices heard yeah um but at the same time like if they're feeling like they're disrespected or it's having an effect on them then clearly there needs to be something done about it but i just think like some of the questions like like when a reporter sometimes will ask like a controversial question and a player will have a reaction like sometimes some players have a reaction and it's just like what but sometimes people like a reporter will ask a question you're like who would ask that like in my head I was like I would never ask that yeah but it's just so like hard to pinpoint it like maybe like screen but it's like even screening questions you can because like you think of questions as they talk yeah, some a lot of it is um, just as you go because exactly. you don't know how something is going to end up. Like, exactly. You can't really pre-plan too much. so That's why it's difficult. Um, but I don't know. I think I like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so hard because it's like it's Maybe, not like one size fits all. Like, it's all situational. I think it could all tie in also to how rushed the news world is these days mm-hmm. like everyone is in such a panic to get yeah. their story out first and and they want something, something that people are gonna click not even it's just they they just want to always be first yeah um and I think with how quick they push these athletes to talk right after they play a game whether you win or lose I think that's um, a part of Naomi's issue with these post-game press conferences because she's like I'm not in a space to like give you all these answers that you need. Like I literally just walked off the court and then with the, um, the press as well, we are like, cause we understand, um, even though a lot of them are super seasoned in this and they know how to do it quick, it's still a very time sensitive, um, environment where you're just like, 
racing against the clock to get your questions together, get them answered, write your article, send it to your editor and have it out on a website. And maybe we should like slow down for a second (laughs) because yes, I understand the need to be first and how clickbaity our world is right now, but that may have to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then if the reporter doesn't get to it, then they're in trouble with their boss. Yeah. But then now you're not being considered to the athlete. So it's just like, like a, I don't know, it's hard because like I said, it doesn't, it's not like a one size fits all. Like it's mm-hmm. very situational. Um, But I think in terms of like, when it comes to like a player's mental health, like you just have to respect it. I agree. Um, and yeah, like, just like respect it. It's not like she came out and said, I just don't want to talk to them. I don't like the press, you know? So, um, team Naomi, like I support her all the way (laughs) and we'll see how, I mean, I think it'll play out fine for her, but it's just like, maybe this will teach people lessons like going forward. Of course. Yeah. Which is good. But, um. Yeah, so I feel bad for her, um, and hopefully, like, this will start a change. Yeah, I, I do think um, this will be good for her, and I like how many people are speaking out in support, like Serena mm-hmm. Williams, Coco Goff, uh, Steph Curry, Will Bubba Smith. Watson. Yeah, Will Smith. So random, but yes, Will Smith. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, Will. But yeah, Will Smith. Yeah. Um, and even like organizations like Nike and Nissan. So, and I'm sure she has a great support system behind closed doors. And I do hope that the time she takes away, however long it is, because she is entitled to take as long as she wants. Um, I hope that it's beneficial for her and she can come back to a more um, healthy work environment, you know? Yeah. Happy Pride Month to the LGBTQIA community from us at Did You Catch That? To celebrate Pride, we want to highlight two people in sports who are a part of the LGBTQIA community that have paved the way for athletes and created space for them to walk in their truth. And I chose Billie Jean King. It's like we're staying on brand with tennis. (laughs) Billie Jean (laughs) King is an iconic tennis player. She won 39. I'm going to say that again. 39 Grand Slam titles, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. In 1981, she was unfortunately outed, robbing her of the opportunity to discuss her sexuality on her own time. And when the news came out, she was urged to deny the allegations, but she decided, like, absolutely not. That is just not what was best for her. She said, I'm going to do it. I don't care. This is important to me to tell the truth. And since then, Billie Jean has been a huge advocate for the LGBTQIA community and continues to be an activist to ensure that others, whether they're in sports or not, don't have to endure what she did. That was a good pick. Thanks. (laughs) Now, I chose someone more recent years. Um, I chose Tom Daly, uh, the diver from England. Um... So he first like hit like the scene on like social media and like got everyone's attention during the 2012 Olympics. Oh, um yeah. so 
do you remember the 2012 Olympics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely obsessed- remember. <laughs> yes. He was, everyone was obsessed with Tom Daly. You remember that too. Mm-hmm. So he was a diver. Um, he was the youngest diver to compete in an Olympic final. Um, and he has two world champion medals. Now he is bisexual, but he didn't come out until 2013. And I think all the attention he was receiving after the Olympics, um, that is why he said like he was getting so much attention from like everyone. Everyone was like in love with him. So he actually came out in 2013, like through a YouTube video. Um, and he was in a relationship with his partner, Dustin, from earlier that year. And they ended up getting married in 2017. Um, but he's very active uh, and he campaigns against like anti-gay laws Um and he's part of the charities around the UK and the Commonwealth Islands as well that are under, like, uh, England. And I picked him because I think for, like, our generation, uh, how old was I? I was, like, 14 back then. Um, and then I remember, like, when he came out, like, how monumental it was. Like, I hadn't thought of Tom Daly in a few years, honestly. And then when we were t- discussing today, and we're like, okay, like, let's pick someone. And then mm-hmm. you had sent me that article. And I saw, like tom daly mentioned i was like oh my gosh like i didn't even like need to research like i knew everything yeah like Um, everything kind of just flowed back into your mind yes it clicked like everything like i remembered everything and i remembered who he was and how he came out and how he supported it and so i feel like that just like holds like it's not like a memory in my head and i remember it so clear and not only for me, like, for a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, if it's like that for me, it's like that for a lot of people, so that's why I chose him, and yeah, he just seems like a, like, a great person, and I was just, like, I don't know, I feel like he was a good choice, um, especially for, like, our age range. Yeah, I agree. I remember, like, he just had the most adorable smile. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he was such a, a likable person, that's what I remember the most from yeah, when like he was in the Olympics, like his yeah, first he was appearance. Like always like smiling and like, like when I picture him, I picture him like smiling, like waving. I don't know yeah. why. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like in his interviews and stuff, and especially for him to come out, because he came out in 2013, which wasn't long after the Olympics. Yeah. And that was really like the height of his attention. So, and that's when he came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he came out while he was in the height of his attention, uh, and he really drew attention and to like the issues that the UK faces and like globally um yeah so I just thought he was a great choice thank you guys so much for tuning in to season two episode 15 of did you catch that with Cassie and Chrissy make sure that you are subscribed to us here on Spotify and that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at dyct podcast again that is dyct podcast and you will hear from us next week